0: So there's like there was no snow when I left the uh, the great land of Oatana, and then there was ice and snow up here. It's like rem- reminding us that it is December. It's not September like it's felt. <laughs> oh, well, let's pray together as we start and come to God's word. Oh Father, we thank and praise you for your love. Lord, we just give pause to to rest here today. We pause to turn our hearts and our minds to you. Lord, we choose to to dwell on the word preparation today. How preparation is for us, how it feels, how hard it is sometimes. Lord, as we thought about last week of waiting and watching and today preparing, oh God, would you help our hearts to be soft to you. Lord, I pray that you would give us the ability to just stop and and rest and allow you to do the work that you're doing in our lives. Thank you, Father, for what you are doing. And Lord, we we just trust you and we are confident in you. And we thank you for this season of Advent where we can pause and wonder and and ponder about what you are doing in our lives, in our church, in our world. And we give you thanks and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. So today, I actually thought about wearing my elf costume, but it's just too distracting and too much. I'm like, I can't do it, um, <laughs> uh, but it's kind of fun. I was telling, I think I was telling the Wises, um, this is just some self-disclosure about me, but I i struggle at holiday times. I My parents got divorced um, right, right before Christmas when I was 13, and something happened to me just... Dis- shut off some some joy and and i didn't realize it till about 10, 10 11 years ago my spouse god bless him just said you are awful to be around from december like thanksgiving to january 1st do you know that and i was like who me you know because usually i'm pretty happy and you know like i am here and he was like nobody likes to be around you and i was like oh my goodness really and and then I went to see a counselor, I had took a hard good luck, what was going on, and it was grief and loss that had just been stuck. And so then I I was like, I had this moment of healing where God really did something amazing in my heart and my mind, and it was a decision of, am I gonna let go of this? Am I gonna let God help me with this grief and loss? And then it became this flood of joy. And so then I decided I'm going to start buying ugly Christmas sweaters and ridiculous things to symbolize the joy that I'm having at this time of year, even if there was something terrible that happened a long time ago. So now it's become like really bad where Dan like bought me this awful sweater. Like this is probably one of the worst ones I have. And, um, and I wore it last week. And I... And it's pretty awful, but um, I feel happy. <laughs> so when you think about the things that God is preparing in you right now in, in this time of Advent, I hope that you're really paying attention to what God is doing, what he's stirring. Um, I know a lot of times like the last couple weeks as my work and as a therapist has occurred more and more themes of grief and loss and difficulty around holidays emerge for people and so if that is you i just want you to know that that you're not alone in that and allow God to prepare you for Him during this time, even amidst the things that are hard. Um, you know, we we have this rich time that we don't want to just blast through; we want to savor and, and be attentive to. So that is my hope and prayer. And as we come to the message today on preparation. Um, I want you to just be thinking about how God is preparing our hearts in faithful waiting during Advent. Last week we had talked about waiting and and this process that God has us in. We're we're in waiting in so many places of life right now. The waiting seems to be like the overwhelming theme. I shared with the children today that Advent um, comes from the Latin word Adventus for coming. Early Christians prepared for baptism during the time of Advent and they would take 40 days during Advent through fasting and prayer, which also transitioned to the time of Lent. And so they would seriously prepare themselves for the commitment it meant to follow Christ and be baptized. And so that was a time of preparation that we learned in the early church. Today though, we're gonna come to some scripture readings, and I want you just to be aware and keen to the themes of preparation. As I read to you from Luke chapter one, and Luke chapter 3, we're going to finish with Philippians 1 at the end of the service. Um, but we're going to read Luke 1 together. So if you get your Bibles, Bible apps, and turn to Luke 1, 68 through 79. And then I will share some, some reflections on Luke as that is, that is our, our main passage for today. And I'm actually going to start with uh, 67. Luke chapter 1. I think it should be on the screen. Is it on there? Um, There, thank you. His father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David as he said through his holy prophets of long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all of our days. And you, my child, will be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, and he lived in the wilderness until he appeared publicly to Israel." And then we pick up the next part of of John the Baptist's life in Luke 3, 1 through 6. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, Herod, tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip, tetrarch of Ituria and Trachonitis, and Lysanias, tetrarch of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all of the country around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, "A voice of one calling in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low." The crooked road shall become straight; the rough way smooth, and all God's all people will see God's salvation. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Be to God. Thank you, Sally. So this this word preparation, and one thing I, I wanted to just pause on, even even though this isn't in our scripture passages for today, is is the preparation for John the Baptist's life and the important role that he had in in ushering in. Jesus' ministry and, and Jesus as the Messiah. And it begins with his parents. They have pretty much Abraham and Sarah storyline. They're devout people, loving and serving God. Zechariah was a priest. His turn comes up through Lot to be on the temple service. You know, they kind of like rolled dice in a way to see who was going to get to serve that week. And it was an important time. And if you think of the concept of timing being like location, 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 kind of like living in St. Louis Park, St. Louis Park, St. Louis Park, so much is perfect time, place, and detail. And it was worked out by the Lord for John's parents and for his life. But there's also a thread of pain in the story. You see, Zachariah and Elizabeth are old. They're childless. And I'm certain, as I've had so many other people share with me of their story with infertility, Why God? Why can't I have a child now? Why do I have to wait? Or the expressed unfairness and difficulty in wanting and waiting for a child. And so most people going through infertility do not always think that maybe God is using this time for preparing them. That's not been the story that I've heard from people. The heartache and pain is so much And here we see God surprising Zechariah and Elizabeth and telling them they will have a child and he will have a specific purpose in his life. And his purpose is to prepare people for the coming Messiah, to go before the face of the Lord, to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins, through God's tender mercy, to light For them to sit in darkness in the shadow of death and guide people's feet into the way of peace. Now, most parents, when they're, you know, getting ready to have a child or there's pregnancy, God doesn't tell them that their kid is gonna do all that. But we have this wonderful word that God gives to um, to both Elizabeth and to Zachariah. And the funny thing is, you know how God is funny. He does things in funny ways sometimes is that both of them Uh, reacted differently. First of all, the angel of the Lord appears to Zachariah, and he startles him. I mean, I've never seen a huge angel like that, so I'm sure that I would not be in a great place either. And he tells him, don't be afraid. Your prayers have been heard. You know, that tells us, God, they've been seeking God. God, please give us a child. Says your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you you a son, and you're going to call him John, which was not the typical name that they called. They usually named after the father. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. He will be great in the sight of the Lord. He's never to drink wine. He's going to be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he's born, and he will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord. And he will turn the hearts of parents, their children, and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make people ready, prepared for the Lord. And then Zachariah says, how can I be sure of this? I am really old. I'm sure he was thinking of like a lot of things, like this isn't isn't gonna work, this isn't possible. And God, God says through his angel, he says, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I've been sent out to speak to you and tell you the good news. And now he says, you will be silent. You're gonna be silent for nine months because you did not believe and you won't speak. And you're gonna see that my word is gonna come true. And so there's people waiting outside, wondering why he's in the temple so long. It says he comes out. He could not speak to them. He's doing charades. He's trying to tell them what happened. He couldn't do it. And it says at the time of the service, he returns home and his wife becomes pregnant. And for five months, she stays in seclusion. I'm sure she's like... I mean, I just think, like, I'm, you know, closing in on the age of 50, and I would be pretty shocked. I probably wouldn't tell too many people I was pregnant either. And we, we, we gather at this point, she's probably in her 60s. She's grandma age old, and she's pregnant. And I'm sure it was kind of a shock. So this whole thing is happening, and you keep wondering, God, what were you doing? What was happening? And then, and then Elizabeth has a visitation, and they're both told, like, get ready. This kid is going to be something else. And so we think about the, the meaning of this time in Advent where we look at John, his purpose, his plans in God's story for all of us. And his birth means that God is once again working actively to redeem his people. Zechariah praises God for he has come and redeemed his people. God's visitation comes in Messiah's visitation. It, it's really interesting in the passage that we read. I don't know if you caught this. Um, he says in Zechariah's song, when he's praising the Lord, he uses, he uses the word horn in verse 69. He says, he's raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. And horn is referred to a, a symbol of strength and showing how God is strong. God is going to do something and he is going to protect. It's used in a, a term of defeating opponents, um, protection. It's used as an image of a warrior or a king who saves. And Luke's starting point here is for thinking about that Jesus is going to be that king. He's going to save, he's going to protect, he's going to defeat. And it also tells us that as God is preparing, God is also doing what he promises. And his word always comes to pass. It's important to think about these events are as he said through his holy prophets long ago. You know, God's people, as God's people, we're supposed to be looking back so we can pay attention to what God is doing right now. That's why it's so important we read his word in entirety. Like today, we're reading Old Testament, New Testament. The promise involves rescue. God will save his people from their enemies and from all who hate them. Such salvation reflects the mercy of God and the recollection of the covenant, meaning the promise that God made with Abraham. And we think about what is the goal of this salvation? It's probably the most insightful part of this hymn. Zechariah is not retreating from life or only looking to a future reward in heaven. It says also that it'll be for our heart's desire to serve God without fear in holiness and righteousness before Him. You think about how God had prepared two wonderful people to be John's parents. They wanted to have faithful service to a holy God. And in this part here where Zechariah says, by saying our days, Zechariah represents many who share this desire. And salvation enables the child of God to serve God. You think about that for each one of us. Salvation enables us to all serve God. The enemies referred to in the hymn—it's the context that Zechariah was anticipating freedom from the opposition of enemies. Possibly, he hoped for rescue from Rome, much as John the Baptist seemed to anticipate when he asked Jesus whether he really was the one who was to come. I mean, is it a political de- deliverance for the people, um, or is it something else? But it's only the partial answer. Zachariah's hymn is an introduction to Luke's entire book, to what the hymn means for Luke. Luke, we only see it's the development of theme throughout the book, and it it shows us that God is doing something, and he he is preparing for the Messiah to come into the world. So we think about John's role in that preparation. The role of one who prepared the way for Christ is a timeless and universal one. Every fresh coming of Christ in the world has been followed the work of those who in their spirit and their lives have been road markers. There's an old English word that's part of this and it's the word, um, I don't even know if I say it right, pavior, and a pavior was one who paved a road. That's where we get the, the word for pavement. A pavior was one who made the path straight so we could travel. And we think about this, our world needs a savior. We need Jesus, The world also needs paviors, people who pave the road and prepare paths for people to know Christ. And Christ needs preparers of the way. That's why we are here as as God's people together. We're not just here to just be together, we're also here to be preparing and growing together so that we can go out and prepare the way for people to come to know Jesus. We prepare the way of Christ when we give him leverage in our lives, when we give Jesus access to our heart and our mind. We make his path straight when we bring his creative world, his creative word to a world dying for lack of it. We think about how as parents, we participate in preparation by how we teach and how we love and care for our children. God tells us to be partners with him in, in prepar- pre- preparing our children to be um, people that serve and love and, and go out into the world for Jesus we go before his face and make ready for him when we remove the things which block his entrance into our world removing greed pride and hatred john's purpose given to him by god was to help people get their hearts ready for jesus his purpose and preparation was preaching a message of repentance a thoroughgoing change and that word comes for also saying a new mind it calls for a 180 direction a 180 turn in direction it's more than remorse it's more than just I'm sorry or I feel bad and I was going to say this to you when people say oh I feel bad I always say bad's not a feeling come up with a different one bad's, act- bad's actually a descriptor of something so it's saying to help people understand that that guilt and conviction repentance is a moral and spiritual revolution it's necessary for spiritual change and progress and nothing less than repentance can lead our world out of disaster today You know, I read that statement in one of my um, commentaries. I've got a really awesome set of commentaries that were written in the 1950s that I got from one of my um, colleagues. And I read this statement, and, and it was written in 1954. Nothing less than repentance can lead the world out of disaster today. And I thought, boy, is that true right now? Our will must be set in a new direction, church, that we point the way to Jesus so we can turn away from the fatal scramble that's around us, that's scrambling for power, prestige, advantage. God says we're supposed to be different than that as his people. And John spoke to the people saying, don't look at me. His every word, act, and purpose was pointing people to Jesus and saying, someone mightier than I is coming. His role was to know the Messiah was coming was to help people know the Messiah's coming and the forgiveness of their sins would be made possible through the Messiah and the tender mercy of God. John the Baptist had a specific calling that God had prepared him for, and he was the only one of him who could be in this world, just like every one of us is the only us that can be in this world, and God is doing something in each one of us to help the other people come to know him. So he is calling us to prepare, and he's calling us to help other people prepare you know, when I was growing up, um, Michael Jordan was kind of at his, at his peak of, of greatness, I want to say. And I don't know if you remember this, that commercial. I think it was for Coke. It was, I want to be like Mike. It like, showed like, all these children. All Anybody like, yes? Okay, thank you. I'm getting like, I'm like, I don't know if people are going to get this one, but it was, I want to be like Mike. And it pointed out every little basketball playing boy at one time wanted to be like Michael Jordan. But we can all be like John. And walk so in the light of God's countenance as we open the way for an increasing presence in our world to teach people to find Jesus, their only salvation, to point people to the one who loved them so much that he gave his life up for them and accept him and and his free gift for them that will free them from sin, death, and the devil. We get to speak life and truth to those who sit in darkness in the shadow of death. You know, there's so many people right now who are afraid. And as Christ followers we can bear witness to with Jesus we don't have to be afraid we don't have to let fear run our lives we can be pointing people to how much Jesus loves them and how much he has done for them and so we think about how did how did God prepare John to do that work he began in solitude you know, it's really interesting how, how God had just given just enough instruction to John's parents of like what they were supposed to do. Like, don't let them drink any wine. I think that's really interesting. I, I always want to know that one. It's kind of like Samson. He kind of had a Nazarite vow. I don't know if he had to cut his hair or not. But clearly there were some things that they were given that they were supposed to do. But it also says that he began in solitude. We don't know what age he deliberately went off into the wilderness. I can't imagine sending like Lucas or Andrew or you know, any one of your children to say, oh, you get to go in the wilderness now by yourself. And by the way, there's that locust and honey you can eat and you can look for your own clothes. Maybe that's how he became, you know, his getup became the camel outfit and all that. But it says he, he went out into the wilderness. John took time to separate himself from people in order to be alone with God and hear from God and we don't have that maybe that luxury or ability to withdraw into the wilderness necessarily like John we have jobs we have to go to tomorrow we have um, houses to maintain all those things but I thought about this we do have a need to create in the midst of our crowded and busy lives space for God to do his work in our hearts and our minds and allow him audience to speak to us and guide us we must have opportunities to be receptive to the Holy Spirit and that is the part of the preparation that is needed for us so that we can be like John. We can be messengers of the good news of Jesus in our world. I've thought about this, how this, this theme of preparation, um, you can go to the slide where it says preparation is connected to faith. Claire, if you can find that one. That one. Preparation is connected to faith, and faith is an act which is the negation of all activity, a moment of passivity out of which the strength for action comes because in it god acts you know one thing that we can do in preparation is just ask god to increase our faith and that means that maybe we stop and we stop what we're doing and we sit and we wait for god um, i found this quote too faith is our act in that it begins with the turning of our heart desirously toward god it's a quiet surrender of self to the spirit of god which then takes hold and brings to fulfillment in us the faith which is his gift and which opens the way for all his continued giving. It it means that we have to do some things differently. Um, If you can go to, sorry, the slide, I kind of got out out of that way. Go to the one, why is preparation so important? Benjamin Franklin said this, by failing to prepare, you are preparing to fail. You know, that was like, I remember in in school, one of our professors said, Fail to plan, plan to fail, you know, all that. God is doing something in us as we prepare. And it's really important to think about that as a church right now, God is doing something in us to prepare and get ready for what's next. And so some ways, some practical ways I just wanted to encourage you to practice, practice, I have too many Ps today. Ways to practice preparation. First of all, take some time just to seek God to understand. What is he preparing you for? What has he already been doing in your life to prepare you for where you are now? Pace yourself, just be patient with yourself. You know, as we prepare and and wait as a church for all the what's next, um, pace ourselves as a church, set time aside to pray. That's why, you know, Jamie shared that announcement with you of like, it's so important that we prepare with prayer, that we, we earnestly take time to ask God and seek him together. I want you also be thinking about as a church that god is preparing us to be like john where we prepare other people to know jesus and so just some questions to be thinking on who as you think about being like a john who do you think god is preparing you to share the gospel with who has god put in your realm of influence around you that as you wait and you and you pray and you seek god that he's also preparing you to share his word with and encourage with. Think of it this way. How, what do you need to do to be more comfortable sharing your faith and testifying about Jesus? It doesn't mean that you're going to be like John down at the, at the Jordan River wearing crazy clothes and you know doing like John did. God has given you your own gift, but what do you need to do to prepare for that? Maybe it's saying, God, I, I'm really uncomfortable talking about this and, and being honest with him that way. This week, I'm going to ask you and I will do the same. Pray for attentiveness for how God is working within you to serve him in the ways he has called you to do. God has called you to serve him in only the ways that you can, and he will prepare you for that, and he will equip you for that if only you'll give him space to do it. And then the final, final thing this week to just be thinking about and praying about, pray for a new city. And my prayer is, God, please prepare the church to fulfill your purposes and plans in this world. You know, God has placed this church and, and all of us at this time in this place. And so my prayer is that we would partner with God and that we would, we would join him and do what he's called us to do as he has plans and purposes in our corner of the world. And I get so excited thinking about that. And I hope that you'll, you know, if you think of it, just email me or just tell me how God is doing that in your realm of, of sphere right now. Um, you know, I can pray for you. If If there's areas of your life you're like, I'm so uncomfortable talking about this or I'm so uncomfortable that even the thought of like God telling me to like go talk to one of my coworkers, I will pray for you. Our staff can, we can pray for each other, but God is doing something and he's up to something really good and I get really excited thinking about that. Let's pray together as we close. Oh, Father, we just thank and praise you for your love. Thank you, Jesus, for what you are doing in each of our lives individually. And thank you, Lord, for what you are doing in all of our lives collectively. Lord, help us to give you space. Lord, just as we prepare for maybe our lunches during the week or, or work or maybe going to the gym, God, help us to, to yield space and time and priority to prepare also for a deeper and closer walk with you so that we can be filled with, with joy, we can be filled with truth and hope to share with our neighbors, with our coworkers, um, our friends with this world. Oh God, fill us with boldness and courage. Help us as we prepare also to be still when you call us to to be still and to be active when you call us to be active. And we thank and praise you for this day and, and for your word. In Jesus' name, amen.